Hello everyone, my name is uh, Wim van Kouwenbergen. I am director of BEMAS and uh, welcome at the Asset Performance Podcast. Today I have with me Tom Rombouts. He is the director of data-driven solutions at iCare. Welcome, Tom. Hello, Wim. Thank you for uh, accommodating me in the podcast. Yeah, and, and, and welcome for joining us. So, um, Tom, uh, maybe let's kick off with uh, explaining a little bit what kind of company is uh, iCare? Well, iCare, um, founded in Belgium uh, already quite a while ago, uh, is one of the leaders in, in condition monitoring, reliability solutions, predictive maintenance. Uh, and that's why asset performance is really close to our heart. Let's yeah. Okay, so uh, iCare is active globally or in which yes. countries? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, so we're active globally. We've divided the world in EMEA and the Americas. So we have uh, two uh, headquarters, let's say. Uh, in the Americas, we're um, uh, our headquarters in, in, in Texas. Uh, here in Europe, it's uh, still in Belgium, in, in Mons, and we're aiming to keep it that way. Yeah, okay. Nice, nice. Nice to have such a company... Uh uh, present here. So, um, yeah, Director Data-Driven Solutions. So, can you explain a little bit what is your role at uh, iCare? Uh, my role in iCare is actually to, to, to help our uh, asset owners eh? um, with the challenges of today, but also with the tools that are available today. Uh, looking at the maintenance and reliability sector, uh, they're conservative. Eh? Um, uh, and, and the world is changing, the world is changing rapidly, and, and we're confronted with today's challenges, but we want to tackle them with yesterday's solutions. If you think of RCM, just to name one, um, it's a tool device in, in the 60s, a methodology uh, from the 60s, uh, and it's still hugely popular today. I will not uh, uh, reduce the importance of, of, of RCM, but it's a heavy methodology which requires a lot of effort. Uh, and with these days, technology, uh, we can accomplish high quality output uh, with a lot less effort by using the right smart tools, let's say. And, and that's what our, our department is doing. Uh, we're, we're screening and applying the right technology to tackle the same challenges. Because in the end, asset owners, they want to pre produce. That's why, why they have a maintenance organization, reliability organization to be able to safeguard uh, the production capacity. Uh, but we provide to them new innovative ways of doing the same thing. Well, during this podcast today here, we are going to drill down a little bit in one of the methodologies that you are uh, proposing. So um, let, let's, let's dive deeper a little bit into these today's challenges. Um, what are the things that you see that you say, look, uh, there we, we, we can really optimize? Yeah. Um, if, if, if let's take a, a fictive um, asset owner, eh? what, what is happening? We've got typically the production department who wants to produce as much as possible, depending on the market demand. Uh, they have a maintenance organization doing the maintenance in the field, a reliability organization trying to improve the reliability of the assets. Uh, and these organizations are generating a lot of data, uh, including maintenance logs wherever they are available, these maintenance logs are hugely valuable. But with the background that we had in reliability projects, we see that, that the end users are not valorizing that data. 
before we before inventing the, the i mining tool but we'll come back to to, to that later um, we were confronted with the fact that the customer doesn't know where to start doesn't know where to to improve and and that was the challenge of eye care and typically that would take a lot of effort from eye care a lot of effort from from the asset owner to really drill down in the scope of any project uh, and that's where the idea came up. How can we devise a tool, um, initially for internal use, let's say, uh, that really speeds up that process, that, that helps us to aim where it hurts and helps us uh, solve that it no longer hurts. Uh, that was the initial design objective. Uh, and, and in COVID times, we had suddenly a lot of, uh, of time on our hands. That was the time where we really jumped we we had the need already a couple of um a couple of uh, years uh, the idea was there but time was not yet uh so so then we really yeah dove into the project uh with well amazing results yeah okay so uh that sounds interesting um when we um talking about this eye mining uh, approach uh, tool can you explain a little bit deeper how how does it work what are the, the different phases in fact it's quite simple from a high level point of view uh, there's two questions which we want to answer one is where does it hurt simple question we want to know which assets impact our production capacity full stop second question is how does it hurt um, how is it impacting my capabilities of producing? It can be from different perspectives, but we'll, we'll go in there in more details later. Uh, but those for me are the first questions to, uh, to answer. Where does it hurt? How does it hurt me? And then the next logical question is, how can I prevent this from happening? And this entire chain is supported by eye mining, all based on the logs created by the technicians in the field. Okay, so let's dive a little bit deeper then in this uh, uh, first question, eh? where does it hurt? So uh, you need to make priorities apparently. So yes. uh, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, um, in the old days, <laughs> I will call it now, um, we would typically uh, create a criticality ranking. Which equipments are most critical, which are least critical, because in the end, we have a finite, uh, not an infinite uh, budget to invest, uh, so we have to make to make choices. So we invest more into the equipment uh, which is critical, less in the in the least critical ones. And the maintenance strategy follows that same uh, that same principle. So criticality ranking, from our perspective, is an essential step in in reliability engineering. Let's say. Um, Typically, such a criticality ranking would be a theoretical approach. We would sit down in a workshop, we would do a huge investment from time base to, to distill a list saying this equipment is more critical than that one. And since we have invested so much time, we will do it once. Yeah, when designing the equipment or after a couple of years, we will evaluate the, the results. But what we're forgetting at that point is that our reliability organization and maintenance organization, they do continuous improvement. So the criticality, which is now uh, our current based uh, criticality, should be completely different than 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago. Uh, 
And that's actually the, the, the approach that we take. We don't base ourselves on theoretical discussions. We base ourselves on the data which is available. So any intervention which is performed, be it time-based maintenance or being it reactive maintenance, that's, that input is extremely valuable. And that's the input on which we base the calculations in iMining in the first step. And we really translate it into a dynamic overview because decisions from half a year ago might have a drastic impact on the criticality of our assets today. And we're not firefighting. Yeah? So we're really looking at the tendons uh, in the data and reacting and steering the reliability and the maintenance organization in that direction. Yeah. So, so it gives you a, let's say, live overview of the criticality of the assets. Yeah. So if I understand well, uh, that means that for you, the criticality list is not something that, okay, is in function of, of what is the output that we want from the factory, but it's becoming more dynamic and is also based on what needs our t attention today. Yes, yes, indeed. And there's plenty of dynam uh, of, 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 how to say, uh, of dimensions that we should take into account because indeed we have to think from a production point of view. Uh, what happens if equipment X is failing? Uh, it might be that complete production is put to, to a halt. It might be that nothing happens. If the light goes out here in this room, nothing happens. Uh, um, if the light goes out in an assembly workshop, it might lead to a standstill of production. So the same light bulb, even though applied in different location, has a different uh, criticality. And, and that's why we approach it from, from the impact point of view. In the ideal world, we would say, what is the, the production loss cost or what is the total cost encountered by the organization? That, that for me is the one and only reference. Sadly, that reference is very hard to, to get from the data. So we use whatever data is available and is relevant. Some asset owners, uh, they have um, really made the calculation. We have X hours of downtime. We have invested X thousands of euros of spare parts. Um, we have rented this equipment and so on. And the full financial uh, impact of that downtime is visible. That's the, that's the ideal situation. But sadly, that ideal situation almost never exists. So we will do it with the data which is reliable and available for that customer. And that, that's what we call the impact scale. There's a second dimension to, to criticality. That's the frequency. How often does it happen? It might be that your impact is huge, but it almost never happens. So that's not your priority. Um, if it often happens and the impact is meteor, it might hurt your organization way more. So, so it's those two dimensions that we will dynamically plot in this first step. Yeah. And so it's based from input from the CMMS systems uh, yes. or the enterprise asset management systems. Are there any other uh, inputs that you require in order to be able to, to generate that list? For that first step, no, uh, because it's really a quantitative evaluation. Eh? We can we can fine tune it more, we can refine it more, um, depending on what data is available and how much uh, effort we want to invest in this refinement. But 
the, the quick and dirty approach, we will just use that export. Uh, how often did it happen and what is the impact? And already that is an eye opener. Suddenly people look at the data and say, indeed, that is what we are confronted with. Um, in the past, we were not acting in accordance to that. We were reacting in accordance to that because the, the priorities were set in in relation with the criticality that we have determined in the old way. So all the investment monitoring systems and so on and so on were invested on the critical equipments, which is those five in the plant, let's say. Yeah. Uh, but because of those, those monitoring equipments, which we have installed, they almost never have an issue. So all the, the measures that we have taken, they work. And it means that others pop up. We have to act on those others while maintaining the same level of quality on the old critical assets, let's say. So otherwise, you, they would pop up later on. So you, can, you, you need to continue your efforts yeah. that you already have decided and already going on yeah. on the existing equipment as well, of course. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Because it's an ongoing effort. Um, a maintenance system or reliability system is never finished. As long as, as, as the, the facility is there, as long as, as, as the assets are there, we are in a continuous battle uh, to, to keep the output as high as possible. Yeah. So, in fact, what you're advising here is, is, is don't put all your money on the critical assets as they were defined already, but, but reserve enough effort for these ones that, that are asking for attention, in fact. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, and, and reserve the budget that you need for those critical, because they remain critical. Only their impact has disappeared, hopefully, if you're doing the right things. That means that suddenly other bad actors pop up and then you focus on those and, and you really want to eliminate at the root of, of the problem. You want to, to eliminate the defects that pop up in a structural way. And, and once those are under control, next ones will pop up. Okay, so you have this uh, structured, well-structured, structural uh, list, dynamic list of, of these uh, bad actors, these, these assets asking for priority. So what is then the, the second step that you take in this uh, eye-mining approach? Let's assume that we have identified five. Uh, of course, the tool facilitates an infinite list. Uh, uh, we're focusing on five bad actors. I want to know what hurts me with those five bad actors. So that's the point where we shift our attention from a quantitative approach to a qualitative approach. Uh, there is a pump in the bad actor list. On that pump, let's say I do often alignments and there's often a leaking, leaking seal or whatever uh, pops up in the field. Um, that means that for those bad actors, there's a list of planned maintenance and unplanned maintenance, reactive maintenance, where we have an instruction to the technician. We send them into the field. We, see, we say an alignment needs to be done on that pump. Assuming that, that that technician goes into the field, he collects or she collects a lot of information in the field that was not known yet. But we're not looking at one intervention. We're looking at all the interventions. So the tool of iMining will read hundreds, thousands of interventions at once. And it will cluster, regroup all the interventions according to similarity. 
because I'm not interested in one intervention. I'm interested in the bigger picture, in the context of that equipment. So step one in, in this analysis, this, this qualitative analysis, is really regrouping all these interventions. Because in a later step, we will look into that subgroup, into that cluster. We want to analyze in this cluster, what is my problem? Because on that same pump, there is aligning issues and there is leaking seals. If I analyze both of them together, the output will be very strange eh? because suddenly I'm trying to make a link between a leaking pump that is misaligned. Uh, so, so that is what we're doing, really clustering the interventions according to similarity to in the next step, analyze the cluster. And in, in a data science perspective, we're using some, some techniques over there, which for the human brain sometimes is, is, is difficult to, to grasp, but we're, we're, we're measuring in a, in a virtual dimension, measuring the, diff, the, the distance between the text. And the shorter the distance, the more comparable, the longer the distance, the more spread out they are. And, and that way we can, we can cluster. It, it doesn't matter how many interventions. Uh, sometimes it's 10, 20, 50 um, interventions. Sometimes it's 2000 interventions on those functional locations. Yeah, okay. So that means of course that you already need to have uh, an, a history yeah. of work being done so that's uh, so how many years of, of data of interventions do you analyze uh, typically we need one two years of data yeah the, the, the asset owners who go into this approach they have way more data yeah. uh, they, they have a history of, of, of logs uh, available um, since they implemented the system but they are now confronted that actually it doesn't really bring value so in fact, they are logging, they are doing administration, and you have to ask yourself why. Yeah. Well, because that's of course this logging by these technicians. So you're really grasping the text that has been put in yeah. uh, in the Zoldus feedback fields, etc., for years. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense uh, for doing so. So you analyze them and you cluster them together in order to better understand what are the real issues mm -hmm. on a certain equipment, on a certain critical equipment. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And, and, and we can easily uh, extract some Pareto analysis of the different clusters. Because taking back the, the example of the pump, what is my biggest issue? Is it alignment issues or leaking issues? Yeah. Um, because I want to focus even within that one equipment, I want to focus on the failure modes that hurt. Okay, so that means, of course, that you somewhat need a, a, a quality data input from these technicians that, that has been performed for years. So, yes. uh, I, but in practice, sometimes there are issues with that. So how do you tackle that? Yeah. That is indeed a challenge because when logging this data, people didn't realize that we would do this with their data. So, so some data sets are of low quality, some are of, of high quality. Um, Sometimes there's there, there's management in the organization who was like visionary and, and, and said later we'll do something. So it has to be high quality. Uh, in other organizations, honestly, they don't care. As long as the bookkeeper is happy, everybody's happy. Uh, so, so we're encountered with different profiles. And the better the quality, the more deeper we can dive into the data. Uh, that also implies that for, for some asset owners, we can only go to the level of the clustering. 
that we can go into the level of these were the interventions for which you have sent the technician into the field, full stop. And also that is valuable. Uh, you, you, you can, with the know-how of, of the reliability engineering, you can start ideating why are we doing so much alignments. Maybe it's because you're not aligning well. Maybe it's because there's a lot of vibrations which unloosen the equipment and blah. So you can go into detail at that point of view from a theoretical perspective. But if you have the data, if you have the high quality data, let the practice speak. Uh, you you have it, so please valorize yeah. it. Okay, so but, but that's one important lesson listeners can take is that, uh, of course, nowadays you really need to take care of the quality data, the, the quality of the input done by the technicians, because this is your gold mine for the future. Absolutely. It, it, it's something I preach during my uh, my trainings that I, that I give for BMOS as well. Um, our, well, we as, as, as small part in the chain, uh, let's say, all of us, we are important because we are starting to generate data. And, and there's a saying in, in the data science world uh, that, that bad data in means bad conclusions come out. So you really have to, to, to step up and, and guard, actively guard uh, the quality of the data. In, in, in the past, maybe a team leader was, was, was reviewing the quality of the work performed. And of course, that's incredibly important. But the quality of the data produced after is equally important. Because if I'm not generating a log, all the know-how that I've accumulated is lost. You don't have to ask me what I did last week, let alone last year or 10 years ago. I don't know. So all the details, the important details, because in the end, maintenance is, is a matter of, of, of essential details, I would say. Those these details are important. So, so we have to look into ways how to support these technicians into keeping the quality up because they have other priorities as well. And we have to, to, to manage that and, and help them. So we have a new saying on maintenance. Uh, it used to be safety first. Now it's safety first and data second. <laughs> or, 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 yeah. or a quality job and then a of data third. Eh? But it, it's important. A quality job, eh? and, and, and that implies the, the real mechanical job, but that also implies the administration. And, and maybe my best technician in the field is the one typing with two fingers. But again, there are new ways of doing that. In, in, in my head, I have a smart smart uh, helmet on, on, uh, on my head. And when walking back to, to, to the workshop, I double tap on my helmet and I start dictating what I have done. Today's technology, it, it is not tough to, to really isolate the voice because it's a noisy environment. Isolate the voice, transcribe the voice into text. And by the time that my technician is back in the workshop, the feedback is already booked in my system. Yeah. Why not? And and my team leader who is there, or or maybe the, the guy from the warehouse, I don't care who does it, but if they have the competencies to quickly scan the feedback that, that was given, I'm gaining time because I'm no longer doing doing administration from a typical perspective, yeah. but but I'm 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 using the time that I have. Yeah. Why not? I'm not saying that it's the way to go, but we have to think technical creative. Yeah. 
And, and us engineers and technicians, we are technically creative because we have solved all these issues in the past. Only now we have plenty of more tools available. Sadly, tools that we don't know yet. Yeah. But they are, are out they're, there. They're there and lets them put to, into use. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, coming back on the, on the mining methodology. Uh, so first of all, we had uh, this uh, criticality list, dynamic criticality list. Then we did uh, some clustering. Mm -hmm. So what is the third step then? The third step is really looking into those clusters. Uh, so we have regrouped the interventions according to similarity. Now we will look into that cluster. And typically, <laughs> it's a bit of, a, of an anecdote, but whenever we do a project like this, we ask uh, the asset owner a list of names of their technicians. <laughs> Um, GDPR, why is it? It's okay. But the reason why uh, we do so, I'm doing a log, I'm doing an intervention, and I'm starting my report with my name and then my report. And suddenly our algorithm will see that name as a very important contributor to the failure of these assets. So no, I'm not a contribu contributor to the failure, I'm the solution. <laughs> uh, I've solved the, the issue. Or intervention report, and then the next name. So there, there are certain words which appear a lot, which are absolutely not valuable at all. And, and that's actually the algorithm, which is training itself based on all the text that I've generated into the system. So 10,000s of intervention reports, it's using the, all those reports to train a vocabulary base. And it will evaluate how often is this word appearing. If it's appearing a lot in my cluster, but not in other clusters, that means that for this cluster, this is important. And, and the more important the word, the, more, the higher the contribution score we will give to it. And, and that's the way how we, we will analyze each word, each phrase, each subphrase. So it goes into different dimensions and we try to, to visualize it in maybe not a graphically pleasing way, but in an efficient way. So we just throw a word cloud to you. And what is interesting, if, if at least at the asset owners where, where we have used it, we present the word cloud to the technician and that technician will say, this is not new. Yeah. Of course it's not new to him because he has generated the reports on which we base the word cloud. But if I show the word cloud to a reliability engineer, he or she will say, hey, this is interesting because suddenly I get this graphical overview, this graphical summary of a certain problem at a certain equipment and stuff pops up which by reading the individual feedbacks doesn't draw our attention. And, and again, from an anecdotic point of view, um, a certain customer, we've done this project, we provide them with feedback on certain bad actors and it's silent. So we thought it's, it's we're presenting bullshit. <laughs> and, and the maintenance manager takes the word, he says, it, it's, it's confronting. Because actually, in parallel to your project, before we have asked an internal resource, we have to work at this bad actor. They knew what the bad actor was. And the worker internally has spent already three months on looking and screening what is the problem and so on. 
and the, the day before he or she, I, I don't know, um, um, was presenting to the manager the results, but they have invested three months. Yeah. We have invested three days. So it's hugely important. Yes, we want to in, uh, attribute investment in it. Uh, we want to analyze it. We want to solve it. But don't waste your people's time yeah. by doing it in the classical way. And, and that, to me, is an indication of, of the power of this tool. And now I've only explained how we can use the tool in one way. And there's, there's different ways how we, how we use and valorize the tool. But it, it shows really the, the power, the power of, of NLP, natural, natural language uh, um, processing. processing. Thank you. <laughs> I, was, I was a bit, uh, I never used the full term. Yes, <laughs> NLP. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that methodology already exists for a long time. These days, it's hugely popular under the form of ChatGPT and other generative AI uh, solutions. Uh, but three years ago, it was quite revolutionary. And it took quite some, some programming skills to, to, to get relevant output out of it. These days, we're a bit uh, spoiled uh, by, by the user friendliness. Uh, but, but then again, the tool which I'm describing now, we have designed three years ago. If we would design it today, maybe we, we would do it differently with the tools that we have today. But that is the bottom line. You have to use what is available today to solve the problems that you could not solve in the past. So, so basically, if you, 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 you look at the methodology, it allows you to, to get input on equipment reliability much faster than you used to have. Yeah. Is that the, a good summary? Yeah, it, it's a good summary. But that's only half the work. Summarizing, yeah, you have these three steps. You have now an idea of, of what, um, um, yeah, what, what is going wrong with, with critical equipment. And so uh, what's next? What we have done up until now is only half the work. We have obtained insights. We have, we have analyzed where it hurts, how it hurts us, and also went into details on what is the reason why it hurts us. That's half the work because we have to focus on eliminating this. In the end, the asset owner wants to avoid this from happening in the future. That's why we have a project. And that's why we, we have used the IM mining tool in this reliability project. So for me, that is essential. We, we have to aim for action in the field because it's only action in the field which will generate results. Yeah. Analyzing it, visualizing it, It's nice, it's essential, but it doesn't contribute to the solution. Yeah. So in yeah. fact, the time that you gained by using this technology in order to make the analysis, you invest in implementing solutions Indeed. in order to cope with the, the challenges that you have Indeed. detected. Yeah. Indeed. If, if coming back to, to the pump with the alignment issues, let's invest the time that we have saved into devising a proper alignment uh, program at the asset owner. So, so that we prevent this stuff from happening in the future. Because if I'm coming back at the same asset owner in a couple of years and I'm doing the same analysis, this problem has to be disappeared. Otherwise, my added value is limited. So we always aim for the end of the chain, which is the action, which is the improvement, design improvement or a methodological improvement, doing, improving the methods that we use in the maintenance uh, in the field. 
So, so that for me is always the aim of the project. Yeah, very clear. So maybe you can share with us some some yeah, some results, some lessons learned from, from cases where you have already re- uh, applied the iMining tool? Mm-hmm. Yes, I have a very specific uh, uh, example. So it's in, in the CNC world. Uh, so we're producing precision components uh, in, in this case. Uh, the asset owner has got three different CNC machines uh, and they have such a level of automation that these CNC machines are automatically feeded by uh, a robot. So raw material goes in, finished products come, comes out. Um, intuitively, the asset owner is drawn to this robot because if the robot fails, all the CNC uh, machines will stop and it's in the end that what generates money for, for the asset owner. So a lot is invested in in predictive maintenance technologies into time-based maintenance of this robot. And we were doing the iMining analysis uh, on one CNC equipment, which gives us some insights. On the second CNC uh, um, equipment, another insights, but we're starting to, to uncover a certain pattern because Plenty of clusters that we have identified were present across these different machines. And it was not a robot. It was not the robot causing downtime. It was a stupid pump. The pump feeding the, the cooling water, uh, the cooling milk, uh, um, as, as we call it, uh, feeding it to the three CNC machines. And, and that's something which is easily forgotten because it's somewhere not visible in the corner of production and so on and so on. And, and, and often the technician is, is, is not complaining too much because it's an easy intervention. But nonetheless, that pump is causing a lot of issues and a lot of downtime and a lot of impact. So it's a problem that is easily fixed. Redesigning the pump or having better maintenance uh, budget allocated, doing predictive maintenance, yeah, or or even putting a backup pump next to it. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So so there's plenty of solutions, but but the asset owner didn't think of it because they were not confronted with the problem. Changing a pump, it, it, it's done in one hour. But if you have to done it, do it so often uh, that it has such a big impact, you're losing a lot of money. And, and that, in the end, was the situation. And that was solved uh, only by looking at the right data in the right way. And that was lost in the thousands of intervention reports because it was not the most important cluster in the analysis. Of course, toolware and, and so on, that was floating on top. But at certain equipments, this one was present everywhere. And that's easily solved. Wow. Okay. Nice, nice, nice result. In fact, so um, you have this tool. Does it connect with the enterprise asset management system with the the CMMS tool? Uh, How how does that work? From a connectivity perspective, we have to be pragmatic. This analysis is something we do once, twice every X years. So we didn't invest much into live connectivity. Um, the asset owner is perfectly capable, maybe the IT department is, to, to, to make a download of any uh, all interventions in the plant. And, and we connect to that download. We, we actually have uh, different tools uh, created to clean the data, to prepare the data in the right way so it works best for the tool. 
um, if this tool would be used live, then we would create a live connector. But in this case, that's over-investing. And, and we don't want to do that. Nobody should over-invest. Oh, no, no, okay. So, and, and, and the, is the, the CMS or the DM system the only data source or do you take all the data feeds as well into the analysis? In, in this case, it's the most important uh, data source. Um, some, some asset owners have a dedicated system to log downtime of production. Um, that's a, a second um, a data source that we could use. But in the end, we want to dig into the, the details of the intervention. We want to understand what happened. Why did it fail at that point in time? So we always need to have the reports of the intervention. But for me, the most valuable data is how much downtime did I have? It could be that I have an intervention which only took two hours. But before doing the intervention, I've lost five hours by troubleshooting. So in the end, I've lost seven hours of production. It's a big difference. So if that data is available, of course, we will yeah. integrate it. Okay. But then again, data quality pops in because we have to make the link between the production time lost and that maintenance intervention. So, so the more data sources that we have, the, the, the more the, the maturity should be uh, to, to really manage the data. Uh, if it's not properly connected. Yeah, so the timestamp of the intervention yes. is hugely important. Absolutely. Uh, on on, on timestamp, it's not a unique identifier because at one point in time, plenty of stuff could have happened in, in a big factory. So so timestamp is, is, is not used. Also, I've maybe done my booking at the end of my shift. Yeah, well, that's uh, whereas the thing, yeah. The automated uh, registration system has logged it exactly then. So, so the best way is to, to, to tag it in the functional hierarchy. It's, it's this equipment or the intervention. I've got this downtime due to that intervention. So, so we need to have unique identifiers. Um, you already feel it that the more data sources you integrate, the more you have to, to, to look into to proper mapping. Um, and, and that's data quality as well. You really have to think at the bigger picture. And if you're designing a system uh, where you want to, to, to use the data that is in the system, make sure to, do that, to design the system well. And again, if, if that system is designed in the 80s, we couldn't imagine that we're doing this today. So, so you really have to, to, to yeah, do an evaluation. What is your maturity today? Yeah. Uh, how can you valorize the data that is, that is created today? What systems do you have to modify to really, to really get the most out of it? There, there's additional work uh, that, that should be done, which has exponential results. Yeah. So if you're using, uh, there's an inter interesting lesson here. Eh? If you're having two data sources, but not the link between them, mm -hmm. then it's worth nothing. But mm -hmm. if you have both uh, and the link and, 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 and more data sources, then you really can generate yeah. additional value there. And, and it's, it's maybe linked to, to, to the culture that we have. There's always production. Production has their data and maintenance has their data and the office, the business has their data. No, we as an organization, we have our data and, and we, should, we, we should stop thinking in data silos, but we should think of valorizing all that is available. Yeah, perfect. So um, when you're doing this kind, because 
iCare is, is offering this as, an, as, as a service. Huh? Mm-hmm. So um, uh, what kind of, of return on investment can you expect on, a, on, on this type of project? It's a good question. Uh, we, have done, we have done the benchmark, uh, done a classic reliability project, let's say, um, and in parallel done, uh, done a small scope with, with iMining. And, and we, we, we concluded that we were, I'm, I'm, I'm guesstimating at this point, 10 times faster in devising the list of, of criticality, uh, of critical equipment, and also analyzing it. And, and that's why we have translated this tool into, or adopted this tool into the standard work of, pro, um, uh, of projects. But again, it only works if the data quality is sufficient. Yeah? So we, we can propose it to any asset owner, but we have to, to screen the data first. Sometimes we propose it and we have to, to, to draw back. We have to say, sadly, the data doesn't facilitate us. Or in some cases, a part of the tool can be used. So, so it's always an yeah, uh, ad hoc decision. Uh, you use what is available. So, but 10 times faster if the data is okay there. Yeah. So that means uh, also 10 times better return on investment or? In, in my point of view, yes. Uh, but we as organizations, we have to think ahead. Uh, we, we have to, to, to do the actions now to allow it to be valorized in a couple of years. If, if, if today you're contacting me to, to do this project, to do this analysis, and my conclusion, it's not possible because ABC, hopefully in three years we have the same discussion and we're doing the project. Uh, so, so we really have to learn from the lessons and we have to correct yeah. what needs to be corrected. Yeah. So what are typical um, yeah, conditions to, in order to allow a, a smooth implementation? Can, can you elaborate a little bit on this? Uh, yes, uh, I can. What is always available is a timestamp. Uh, when is something locked? It's, it's hugely important information. A second is how many hours of interventions did I encounter? How many hours of downtime did I encounter? And for me, those two are most important because how many hours of intervention is an indication of the workload of my technical team and we have a lack of technical profiles. So let's try to reduce their workload as much as possible. Um, secondly, what is paying our wage on a, monthly, on a monthly basis? That is production. So production capacity lost, that's really paying for the project. So these two are often mixed or not often accurate. Uh, in some mature um, asset owners environment, they have an automated list. The, 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 the operator at the line, whenever the line is not running, clock is, is ticking and it's automatically booked. Uh, overall equipment effectiveness data is very value, valuable there. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and maybe that is the, the mindset that, that we as maintenance and reliability professionals, we, we have to switch our mindset. Uh, we're, we're, we're thinking too much technology, we're thinking too much mechanical. We also have to think business. We, we have to align all our efforts with what is the, the requirement of the business. And, and, and that as, an, as a technical profile, it, it's like it's, it's a disease sometimes. People are afraid to talk about it. No, there, there's nothing wrong. So, okay. So 
for being prepared for such a project, look at the dat- dat data quality, what uh, data is available, mm-hmm. and then yeah, think a little bit and okay, how do we need to uh, continue in order to make value out of, of the project? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and the second takeaway is is, is definitely the logging. Um, our organization, our maintenance organization, we have to make sure or we have to understand that we become a data source. Everything that we log is becoming a data source. And, and if it's low quality that we put into the system, the outcome will be low quality. So if that is the conclusion today, then change the quality. Let's invest in that and let's see if we can get high quality output. Because in the end, that is the goal. Dear technical team, we want to reduce your workload. Who can be against that? Dear production, we want to improve your uptime. Who can be against that? And everyone, we have to create and and, and we have to log the right data in order to allow us to obtain that. Again, that's a different mindset. Yeah, okay. Any other challenges or limitations with technology? Not, not necessarily with the technology, but more with the organization. Because if you obtain insights with this tool, and, and, and if the conclusions are not necessarily technical, is your organization um, prepared to go in that direction? Is your organization prepared to do a cultural shift? Because we're analyzing all these logs not to go witch hunting, no, to, to support improvement. Uh, and, and that's a mindset that has to change. Uh, I, I indicated at the beginning of, of the talk that, that I want to have the list of names of, of the technicians just to filter them out. Um, but people are, by default, well, what, will, what will you do with that? And so, 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 so this maturity and, and this understanding needs to grow and, and the support needs to be there. Uh, it, it's like doing uh, hands-on tool time uh, exercise uh, at an asset owner. What is the goal? To, to, to help them to, to invest their time in, in the good way and to, to eliminate losses. That also is a, is a cultural change. It's not to, 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 in, to inspect and to control you, no, to help you. Yeah, so, 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 so there we have to think collaborative and, and not in a hierarchical way. Yeah? Um, we're there to support and not to, to, to penalize. It's not about blaming people, but in helping people yeah. to to, pay, to help them make their attention or pay their attention mm-hmm. to the right stuff. So and and of course, the findings also need to be implemented. So mm-hmm. investing in reliability stays an, an important challenge or an important goal um, or facilitator. I'm going to rephrase a little bit my question here because it's too long. So 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 in the end. If I understand well, it's not about blaming people, it's about indicating where the effort should be made. So here it stays in believing and investing into reliability and implementing it. Yes, and it's a part of, of the, the precision mentality as well. Um, I, I take an anecdote from another project. Uh, we're analyzing 100,000 more or less uh, closed interventions, so it's a huge data set. And, and the example I've given earlier regarding alignment, we see that there's a huge alignment issue at department X. Now, if you're in the blaming mentality, you find the one responsible, you fire him. <laughs> let's, let's exaggerate a bit. Uh, but in this case, we have found, hey, why is there a problem with 
that department with alignment, the lens of, of the optical alignment tool was greased and nobody noticed. So there were issues with aligning and they went into realignment and the problems came up again. Realignment problem came up again up until the point that somebody looked at the lens and said like, hey, there's like a blob of grease. <laughs> it's, it's a tool. It went into the field and, and with all that, what comes with it. So, so it, it, it's, it's a stupid detail, but it is, it's got a huge, huge, huge impact. So, so that has to be solved as well. And that can be uncovered. Um, or maybe it's a training that you need to give to that person because it's a new version, has never worked with it. I'm using another supplier's brand. And, and so, so all that is important. We're really in, in the game of precision. We have to put all the dots on the eye. If you do it that way, then really you get exponential results. And it's in that context that the eye mining tool is there. If you're in, in, in the eternal firefighting mode, the tool will help you. Uh, it will even give you a big step ahead, but you need to be prepared to valorize it. You need to be, to be willing to change your organization. And the people need to understand that, that we're there to help them. So, so it's really in that context, in that culture that, 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 we, have to, that we have to position the tool. Any other final thoughts that you would like to share with our listeners? <laughs> it's a good question because uh, maintenance and reliability is really a big, uh, uh, a big scope. But but for, for me, it's 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 always a part of a bigger picture, and and I think connecting back to the culture change that is there, it needs to have the high level management support. Often we are contacted by a technical manager uh, doing this project and, and so on. Uh, results come out and then they have a problem because they suddenly have insights and they not necessarily have the support. Uh, where other, other asset owners approach us from a corporate level and, and from a corporate perspective, they want to help and, and facilitate their producing plants. And, and we see that corporate projects, let's say, they, they tend to fly off much faster than, than, than bottom-up projects, let's say. So that for me is, is, is important. If, if your senior management is not yet awake, wake them up. Yeah. If they're not yet inspired, inspire them. Because they need to support this change. They need to drive this change. They need to give you the tools and, 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 and the room that you need. Uh, and only then you can have the results that, which are in there. So that, that for me is a, a huge takeaway. Yeah. And in the end, you know, it's not often easy to get their attention and ask them to invest time in, in, in learning this and understanding this. So um, I would say, well, make them listen to this podcast maybe this is a, a very good first step in order to convince your boss in order to be uh, uh, a winner in the future that's a good conclusion Wim. <laughs> well for me too thank you very much tom for joining us thank you uh, Wim. see you at the next occasion bye <laughs>